Hey, what's up, my people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the old and the new listeners. I'm here with the Podfather, producer Ryan Hale, and we have the pleasure of recording at Mountain Air Studios, the best and most famous studios since Abbey Road. And to those that don't already know, the social media handle is kickback underscore Nadim on Instagram and on Twitter. And to those that need to know, this intro music was created by my man, Aidan Hogarth. And to those that don't like missing out, be sure to subscribe to the show. We've got some big ones ahead, so make sure you stay in the loop. But now that's out of the way, let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. I apologize if I sound like a fanboy at all, but this man was and is a huge part of my career. He was a part of the old Man City. He was a part of the new Man City and is a Premier League winner with Chelsea. And after months of trying to get him on the show, the diva finally said yes. So good things do come to those who wait. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy my conversation with the little legend that is Sean Wright Phillips. Yo! Hey, hey what's funny? Uh, sorry, before we go any further, yeah? Don't big talk big about man. my hair. All right. You got you got there just in time. <laughs> I was going to say there's no barbers there. Don't bro. talk don't talk about my hair. I'm going through something. Don't talk about my hair. And I know your hair's going to be a mess cuz you got a cap on. No, it's not bad still. Well, it's not good either. <laughs> it's better than that. Nah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um so yeah, firstly, yeah. Thanks for this. And on, how long man. how much time have you got? 30 to 45 minutes. Ooh, okay. We'll see about that. right best get cracking then firstly man um where exactly in the world are you right now um i'm stuck in england in a minute but it seems like you know a better place to be right now wow yeah it's slightly different (laughs) across uh across here to say the least and what exactly are you doing um obviously i'm doing stuff for man city doing the media stuff Mm -hmm. um i'm can't do my music because that's in Arizona. Okay. And I'm just working on another project, which is where I am right now. Ah, uh, yeah, the top secret project we can't reveal till till later in the year, yeah. Yeah, well until at least when it's launched, then you'll know. <laughs> okay, okay. Well I look forward to hearing more about that. So if possible then we, I want to talk about your career, but from the very, very start and like obviously have a link to you throughout that career. So we're gonna share some stories, yeah, if you're up for that. Yeah, I'm all good to go. All right. So first things first then. How old were you when you first joined an academy? Um, when I first came to City, when I first joined City, I was um, 15 turning 16. Okay. Where were you before and that? that? Was, I was at Nottingham Forest, but that was like a, a school of excellence. Ah, so okay. it, it kind of didn't work. So it was more like just training and playing games, but could only do it for them basically. Ah, yeah, because that was back in the 80s, wasn't it? All that time ago. I was going to say more like the 60s. But you, you, give me, you know, you went to the 80s, so I'll take that. <laughs> one, um, one thing which I wanted to know, actually. So when you were in the academy, that was when you, that's when uh, your dad was playing, yeah? Yeah. Did that, like, did that affect you in the academy? Like, did you want to play like him? Were you getting, like, bad treatment, better treatment because he was who he was and you were who you were? Or was it just two separate things? Um, it it kind of, l- luckily, to be like two separate things, to be honest with you, but um, the difficult part was um, what people expected. Okay. I think because I was playing and he was playing, I think they expected me to almost be like, Just like at him. that level instantly, straight away, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was always trying to, at the start, impress and be better rather than just being me. Okay. And one other bit of your story again, which quite a few people know, but not everyone, especially not all of my listeners. Like, why did you end up leaving Nottingham Forest? Um, basically, after t- after Paul Hart and Steve Wigley said to me that, basically, that, yeah, we're going to sign you. I was on the train back down with my mum. Uh-huh. And I think my brother Brad was there with me as well, Marlon Harewood. And then I got a phone call just basically saying, well, we've changed our mind. You're too small and not good enough, basically. Just like that? You're too small and not good enough? Yeah, just that was the only explanation they gave. And how did you take that? Um, at the time, it was disheartening, isn't it? But like, I had good family around me and the good support that I needed, basically. And I just cracked on. And within 24 to 48 hours, the scout... That brought me to Nottingham Forest, then called me and said, City want to take me on a, a trial for seven days. So I was back on the train within 24 hours and 
you know what happened then. Yeah, yeah, certainly. <laughs> so when so you came off City, was it 16, 15, 16? Um, I would say more 16, the, top, the middle end of 16. Okay, and when you joined that team, were you like one of the best players in that team or not? Um, it was different. I think my style of play was just straight street ball like you know when you're just messing around with your friends dribbling and yeah yeah as doing, a defender I did that yeah. all the time yeah yeah I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about yeah of course yeah it was just like when I joined I wouldn't necessarily say I was better than anybody there I think at the time I brought something completely different mm-hmm. to that squad of players which in a way helped okay and how long was it before you actually made it into the first team and it was interesting, to be honest, because when I was, like, 17, 18, like, there was a couple of players like Reece Day, Terry Dunfield, mm-hmm. and Dixon Etu, which were obviously bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And was all playing well at the same level at that age group. But no matter what I did, they went to the 18s and the reserves, and I was just left <laughs> at the <laughs> 17. <laughs> so, so I had, like, a, a good couple of uphill battles when I when I was younger, and then after I went to the 18s when I finally did get pushed across, then I just kind of bounced into the reserves. And within like a year and a half, I was floating around the first team a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'd say a year and a half, two years before I actually got given that, you know, that chance to show people basically what I've got. Do you reckon people thought you were going to make it when you first joined or were they saying you're just going to be another, just an also run? Um... No, that when I first joined and I was playing like 17s, 18s, they got a lot of compliments, especially from, you know, what it was like back then at Platte Lane. Like yeah. the fans could just walk around yeah. the fence and just stand there on the way home from school or yeah. on their way to work. And what, you know what I mean? And watch us train. So there was always like a lot of support up there as well for confidence. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that they was quite positive. I was in that direction to make it from all the reports I got from like the coaching staff and obviously the fans that were watching around the pitch at the time. You know, I've got to make, I've got to have a confession here. What you just said there about fans walking around Putt Lane, I was one of those people. I used to go and watch the training. <laughs> I used to go and watch the training. Yeah. I used to go and watch the training sessions at that, at that, well, training ground. And I remember waiting for autographs and stuff afterwards. And I'm thinking to myself, like, did I actually do that? Was I that guy? And I was like, 100% that guy. Oh, man. Chief, you know, you all start somewhere and look at you now. Wow, yeah, washed. But anyway, so I was... (laughs) (laughs) I want to know... I want to talk a little bit about the old city because like I've just alluded to there, like I was a big fan. To be going to watch training sessions, asking for autographs is like, that's keen, that's a fan, you know what I mean? Especially a young Yeah. But I was like, I was a ball boy as well. And I was lucky enough to be a ball boy at Main Road. Like, obviously, as far as City fans go, you've got the new ones who expect success and you've got the older ones who live through disappointment, but in a great arena and things like that. But how was playing at Main Road? Because I've spoken to Sylvan this time recently on here and he said it's one of his favourite stadiums, like, all time. And I remember when I was um, going to watch games there, I used to love that feeling when, you know, you get in the area, there's, an, there's a bit of a buzz, there's excitement. You're rushing to try and get in there for kickoff. The fans are singing, one stand singing to the other to the other stand, sing a song for us and this, that and the other. And then to even add to it as well, <laughs> one thing which will always stand out, I sat in the north stand against Millwall. Do you remember? Uh, Chairs were being thrown at my head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember that game. Yeah, what was, what was it like actually playing there then? Because it, it, like, as I said, it I love going was, there. It was incredible, to be honest. Like, it, like the one thing that kind of set that place apart from, say, the Etihad now mm-hmm. is I remember when I was younger and I was, like, proper in and out of the first team at the time and was playing Arsenal. And, like, we was 4-0 down. And he brought me on, like, as a sub at 4-0. Is this so I can do anything? But I think he brought me on more just the experience yeah. against the Invincibles, do you know what I mean? Yeah. At the time. So, but even then, when he brought me on, the crowd just, like, erupted. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No matter what the scoreline was at that place, mm-hmm. you had the full backing of the crowd as long as you, you, you put the work in, do you know what I mean? So, for me, 
as long as atmosphere and stuff like that, it was a bit strange to warm up because we weren't allowed to warm up on the pitch, was we? Ah, yeah. So before the game, we had to get in a little minibus, drive (laughs) around the corner to like a a church youth club thing. And we basically played head tennis, you know, with those wooden benches, the low ones that you can find. And that's what we used to do for our warm up. So we never, ever heard the crowd until we walked out before the game. That's insane, actually. I completely forgot about that. Completely forgot about that. It seems a bit wild now, but yeah. So when you said the um, the coach would bring you on, was that the same? Was that Kevin Keegan or was that someone who came before? Um, that was Joel Royal. Was it okay? Yeah, they they basically were the ones that put me in a way put me on the map, gave me the the initial chance. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kevin Keegan first took over, he was on the the same view as say Paul Hart and Steve Wigley. It was I was too small to play mm-hmm. in the system he wanted to play, and then. After a year of the fans making noise and people talking about it, then he kind of just kind of gave in, and then I just kicked on again, basically. Wow. Okay. And how did you um, how did you find that transition from going from the reserves into the first team? Did you feel like you belonged there, or was it just was it did it take a while for you to really get comfortable? Um, apart from the nerves in the first, especially the first time um, I started at Main Road, um, I was. I made myself nervous by getting there two hours early and I was changed in five minutes. And I was basically sitting there for an hour and 55 minutes in all my warm-up gear, do you know what I mean? But um, apart from that, because of the, the players I was with, they they had already seen what I would do in training. Yeah. They just kind of made it, they kind of made it really easy for me to just settle in and get on with it. Mm-hmm. Which type of players were those then that were helping you? Um, Goats, I'd definitely say him and Paul Dickoff were the main ones. Mm-hmm. I think Al Berkovic and Ali Benabia were very important. And I think Richard Dunn was a massive help as well. Yeah. Because he, he was a massive leader. Because he, he's been through ups and downs. Like, you know what? You you saw, like, yeah. the guy that can bounce back from an own goal in a game and still, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, he's he that focused. guy. Yeah, he, he was a very positive influence on me as well. So, that's... I've got two questions to ask you, but I'll ask this one first. So as time passed then, you became like a huge part of the team and you mentioned the time when Kevin Keegan didn't play for a year and whatever. But one interesting stat about you, which shows you a sort of rise into the team, is you were Young Player of the Year for four years straight and then in the fifth year when you got too old for it, you got, um, what was it? I think you got Player you got player of the Year at City. Like, yeah, you know, that's a guy running the football club basically. <laughs> no, you know what it felt like? It felt like a bit biased because it, it felt like the fans were just giving it to me. No, but they like, wanted to give it to you time, for a reason. In, yeah, but it, at the time it was quite embarrassing because before it even got announced, the players were like, Sean, it's you again. <laughs> like, so it's like all the players knew before I got there. And I would always try and play it down like to say, no, they haven't said it yet sort of thing. Yeah, but still, you must have deserved it, no? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the pat on the back and say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that energy. I love that energy. So now this is when I can start talking about when I joined the team. Then, so I was trained with the first team. I think from around 2002, 2003. And one thing I said to Sylvan was when I stepped up there, it was. The atmosphere overall back then was like, it was like an older dressing room. You know what I mean? So yeah. things were more school, things were more hostile. Like I remember my on my debut, I think it was um, Ronald Vorteris was the goalkeeper, I think in the game. Yeah, and I just Googled him recently and he's 50 years old. Like that's, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. and he was just a normal part of what that team was. So when you came in as a youngster, you basically had to live up to adult expectations from the get-go, both on the field and off the field. But there are a few people like yourself, like Sylvan, like Donny, like Nicholas Anelka, who made you feel so welcome, you know what I mean? Considering you were essentially yeah, just, just a child. And that was great off the field. But the best thing for me on the field was that first year when I came, when I came through, I had the easiest introduction to professional football because I had Donny and Sylvan to my left. And I had you in front of me. So this is 2004, 2005. (laughs) I promise you, I think in that season, I must have made maybe two overlaps. That was it. All I had to do was get the ball, roll it to you, (laughs) and just go and support behind as you just went on. Oh, it was crazy. It was just... And that that was a crazy thing, though, you know. So, like, you see, when I left and and I went to Chelsea, that was, I think, the hardest transition Mm -hmm. for me was 
not getting the ball that quickly yeah. and realising there's others in the team yeah. that can do the same thing. <laughs> so I had to be more patient. So I had to learn that. Oh, but it's a, it was a joy to behold. I'd just give it to you and I'd see you just like sliding under people, through people, around people, banging goals in. And then that was the year, lo and behold, where you made the PFA team of the season. Do you remember that? Yeah. Just, which is a no mean feat considering we were Man City. You know what I mean? But here's a here's a trick for you then. Oh, question for you. Do you remember who else was in that team? No, I actually don't. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna name it because it highlights how good you were that year. Yeah. So that was the year when Chelsea won the league and I think they lost one game, which happened to be against us at City in October, yeah. and Elka scored a penalty, yeah. Goalkeeper Peter Cech, right back Gary Neville, centre backs John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, left back Ashley Cole, you on the right. Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard in the middle, Arjen Robin on the other side, and the strikers were Thierry Henry and Andrew Johnson and Andy Johnson. And you were part of that. Know. Look at I the names you right. look at the know. names you with. See how I'm just smiling. Yeah, look at the names you with. This is a guy that was too short. <laughs> no, nah, that's that was honestly it was it was incredible to see you that year because everything just looked so easy. Didn't matter who you were up against. It was just it didn't make any difference. You were doing what you were doing. And as I say, it was such a such an easy introduction. So obviously from that then, Chelsea become interested. How did that actually feel initially considering you've been at City at that point for maybe six years or so? I didn't want to leave. Um, in all honesty, I wouldn't say I got forced out, but <laughs> it was a situation I didn't have a choice in. If I didn't go, then obviously City could go in into financial room, which could make them and get them administrated, basically. Okay. So they accepted it on that basis. Okay. Dig my heels in and don't leave and mess up the club or go mm -hmm. and come back at some point. So basically you saved the club. That's what they told me. <laughs> no, that sounds like <laughs> you're, that's what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say, say that helped. They helped me as making me the man, the, well, helping me become the player I become and giving me my chance. And so in a way, like when I heard that, it was nice to actually be able to give something back. Okay. So what were your favourite moments at the club then? Um, I would say my debut against Port Vale. Um, obviously the, the, I have like because of the funny memories of it because back then there weren't no sizes in the kit so you just got <laughs> given <laughs> you just got given what you was given sort of thing and obviously my short sleeves seemed like they were three quarters of yeah. my arms yeah. and yeah. with my shorts and socks you couldn't even see my legs you know yeah. what I mean so it was just like funny things about the game when I came on as sub and the first tackle I went into happened to rip the back of my shorts. They didn't have spare <laughs> shorts then. So it was just it was just mad little things. And then I tried to claim a goal, which I should have got, but they gave an own goal and we end up drawing 1-1. But I think from that moment, I think Joe World then knew mm. I could cut it at that level sort of thing. And then it, it was just more about just growing into it after them. Yeah, speaking, yeah, growing into it. Like, I only saw you in a kit that fit you from after you went to Chelsea, to be honest. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before, before we move on from that, this is something which um, blew my mind recently again, was the fact that I was a ball boy for you in the Youth Cup at Main Road. I think you might have lost the game or whatever. And the thing that gets me the most is the fact that's 21 years ago. That was against Blackburn, right? Yeah, 21 years yeah, ago. Yeah. But then again, it makes sense since you're nearly 40. Yeah, nearly 40, but it's looking 21. I can tell you that. <laughs> Listen, I, I can, can tell you for that. a fact you do not look 21. <laughs> I can tell you that no, for man, a yeah, fact. Not, I've heard it before, so I'm good. No, no. I you need you to tell so me. In fairness to you, you look low 40s, so you're not too far, you know, you're not too far behind. <laughs> Just celebrate that, huh? I'm just, I'm just glad I'm maturing like red wine. I can take that. Oh my god, these cliches, man! <laughs> Sick and tired of these. But anyway, you moved down the road to Southwest London. So, how did you feel in those early days at the club? Did you feel sort of nervous to be around like a different caliber of player or different expectations and stuff, or were you all right with it? The guys helped me in settling pretty quickly because I knew some of them anyway. Mm -hmm. So that that made the settling in stage. Um, pretty easy it like the intensity of training and 
how quick they popped the ball around and the standard. I wouldn't say it was nervous, but like the first few training sessions, like I knew like, right, I need to up it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, I need to be at like pretty much my maximum every session, especially on the thinking parts of like when the ball comes into you to the first touch and Mm -hmm. where you're going with the ball and the passes you see and the chances you get really. Mm -hmm. And did you, how did you cope with not being the biggest star anymore? Um, I wouldn't say I coped with it, but then I wouldn't say I didn't. Like, I just, you know what I'm like. I'm a very laid-back character. Like, yeah. the task is in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to find a solution. So I just got on with it, and things that weren't happening, I just worked harder at. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I just didn't back down from the challenge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was a special team back then, to be fair. That was, really was a special team. Um, and who was your coach? Was it Mourinho? Yeah. What was he like? Because he seems to polarise people, but I've only ever really heard good things. But what was your take on him? Honestly, I get asked it all the time. I actually can't say a bad word about the man. Really? Like, like that's... Even when things were tough, I never once felt like I wasn't part yeah. of that team. Like I wasn't in his plans. And you've been with Mancini. And <laughs> We've just, been with Mancini, Sean. Me, yeah. Don't just throw me under you, the bus. No, don't, don't worry. I called my, I called him out this afternoon about that same situation <laughs> we had an argument with him about. Yeah, about yeah. When, yeah, yeah. So, but um, honestly, it was incredible, Chief, because sometimes when I had the kids, like I didn't have a babysitter. Yeah. So I could bring him into the training ground. Uh-huh. My daughter will be with the secretaries and they'll be just chilling with her. And my son will be outside. We're having like a full tilt training session uh-huh. that he's put on. And he's playing football with my son and doing the training session at the same time. Yeah. And and I never thought much of it then. But then when I was at QPR and we played Chelsea, and, and I think it was his second spell at Chelsea when he was the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing he did when he came down the tunnel is ask me how my son was. Wow, that's nice. So for me, like... It just shoot showed for me like that just wasn't because I was there. That's just yeah, that's him as a him person. In general, yeah, do you know what I mean? So I res- I've got nothing bad to say about him. Yeah, that's good, man. And who were he was obviously very good, but then who were the best players there in your opinion at that time? I'd have to say the drugs. The drugs. Drogba was Drugzilla. Yeah, he he was incredible. Like some of some of the things I I've seen him do. Like when we play Liverpool. Mm-hmm. We just knew, all right, he's going to bully Jamie, bully Jamie Carragher. Like, it was like a given. Like, it was like that was on his mind all the time. Just get Jamie. Because it always seemed to, everything that he scored or done well in that game yeah. was against Carragher. Yeah. But like, the, one of the best natural finishers I've seen other than Robbie Fowler was Hernan Crespo. Right, okay. Yeah. And I've never, he didn't, I wouldn't say he didn't get a chance, but he didn't excel that much in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But in training, I've never like seen him hit, use his laces. It was all just like yeah. caress, yeah, 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 like just technique, left, right, for yeah. But um, when you say the best, though, like what do you mean, just best? No, all you tell me who you thought. Like if you had like, to say somebody was the best, who would you say the best was in that space? Just in the team, it's hard, you know. But I'd say at that time. I'd have to say Robin. I'd Robin, have to yeah. say Arjun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the sharpest man I've, I've ever seen, bro. Yeah. I've, uh, he's, still, he's still playing now as well, isn't he? Yeah, he came out of retirement, didn't he? Yeah, it's just for the next year mm. to terrorise people. I'm sure defenders were happy about that. <laughs> so what were your favourite moments there then? Or your favourite moment, rather? I'd say the biggest one would have to be, um, obviously, being able to pick up the trophy the Premier League um, go in there Yeah, it was you know you're going to a winning team and for them to do it again while you're there after doing it a year and a half not a year before yeah um, that, it's a tough challenge and to be able to play a part in that I'd think that would have to be my best moment must be nice did you feel you were a success there? Um, I would say I didn't get to the levels I was at C. Okay. But I think they, it seemed like when I was there, they asked for something different from me. Yeah. Like when I was at C, I knew what it was. Yeah. Just get the ball and terrorize people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Whereas I felt at, when I was at Chelsea at the time, it was be more conservative. 
mm-hmm. sort of thing. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I necessarily wasn't successful, but I don't think I definitely. I from more to the fact I definitely didn't reach the heights I should have. You should have. Okay. All right. That's to be fair. That's very very honest of you. You know what I mean? Because some people because you've walked away with trophies. So obviously there was success there, but you know your own personal level, like where you could have you could have gotten to. And to say that out loud is like that's that's impressive. So anyway, time passes then. Firstly, I want to ask why did you leave, and then secondly, if you could answer this one, like why did you decide to come back to City? Because I've heard people that used to say never go back. So why did you do it? Um, first of all, I le- the reason why I did leave. Is because um, obviously the England culture basically said, "Look, we need you to play more so we can take you." Who was this? When we, um, I think it was Steve McLaren or no, I think it was Capello at the time. Okay. Because it was it was on in the run up to 2010. Okay, so, okay, South African. So World Cup. Um, yeah, so I've, that was the reason that prompted it because he wanted me to play more regularly, mm-hmm. which I understood and. Um, Spurs actually had a sniff at the time. I'd spoke to Defoe. Um, he gave me a, the insight. And then um, City came in. And because I said in a conference, a press conference before, that I, if I got the chance to go back to City before I retire, mm-hmm. I said 100%, I'm going to take it. So when I got the text... And he said, right, see you. And I said, all right, well, there's no reason to speak to Spurs, then, isn't it? Let's just yeah. get the get the deal done and let's just get on with it. Yeah. And that's basically what happened. And as for getting it, I didn't even think I'd be involved that weekend. Mm-hmm. When I first came, I just thought, I'll gel with the boys. I'll travel just to, like, obviously meet people I haven't met and be around and see how it's run. Mm-hmm. Was that Mark Hughes coach then? Yeah. So how different was City in that second spell when you first came compared to the compared to the, the original time you were there? Um, so different. The people, apart from the coaches, so the actual people behind the scenes were still the same. There was still a lot of old faces, mm-hmm. and there still is to this day. But um, the way we played was completely different. Um, people enjoyed to have the ball. <laughs> people always wanted the ball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could, if I got stuck. I always had somebody yeah. to pass to. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to always do a trick. Yeah. And, um, and then I thought the way Mark Hughes had us set up for the team we had at the time was was perfect. We counterattacked some teams, mm-hmm. and some teams we just went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to describe it, actually. And how um, did you feel more pressure when you came back, or more pressure the season when you left, just as who you were as a player? Um, I definitely would say I felt m- more pressure before I left. Really? Because when I came back, there was more people that would do stuff individually themselves. Mm-hmm. So like you had your Stevie Islands, um, Alano. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there was people that would just, they could just make something happen from nothing basically. So that I felt like when I came back that, that's a lot of pressure off because other people want to take responsibility as well. So the question I asked you before about Chelsea, I'll ask you again about City now. Do you feel that time there now was a success or, or was it not? Um, yeah, I would think for me, up until Mark Hughes left, I would say it, it was quite successful in, is in as a team aspect. We, we were higher in the tables. We was getting into Europa League mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think for myself, um, I didn't score as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. But I think by the time I came back, like I said, I was a different type of player. I wasn't yeah. all about creating havoc. I was, I like to try and create chances, more chances for other people rather than be selfish. Yeah. And why, how come you didn't stay for longer then? Why did you end up leaving? Um, because to be honest, I wanted to play football. So you weren't. Um, so I'm pl- I'm playing dumb here. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, People, no, you're fine. No, I'm pl- I'm, like you know, you know the score. But like, why weren't you playing at the end, just before you left? Well, I just feel like um, although me and Manchin got on away from the game, like we was perfectly fine. I just think with the way he wanted me to play, or we butted heads. Um, it was too much like playing like a robot. Mm-hmm. You have to pass here. You have to pass there. Well. 
football doesn't work like that because if somebody passes blocks off the passing lane you can't pass it where he wants you to pass it and he, if you remember, he wanted us to do this thing in training. <laughs> and me and you were both trying to say to him, but it doesn't work. You yeah. can't, the Chief can't pass me the ball and then leg it past me. <laughs> and then what happens if somebody takes the ball? You know, let me add to that particular story because um, I remember it vividly. Like we, we did what we were supposed to do anyway. And I think it was either you or me passed it to Nigel De Jong, who played a diagonal ball to the other side, yeah? And then yeah. that's when Mancini pulled us both in. And he was like criticizing. He said, it's like you've never played football before. <laughs> we did exactly what he told us to do. And that like, in that moment there, as, a, as someone who's a bit of a critical thinker, I'm wondering to myself, was that lost in translation? Or has he actually just said, it's like we've never played football before? Honestly, I just ignored him. Yeah, I couldn't. He was living in my head yeah, for the I next month. I, I didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> but, but like yeah. all, all the while as well, <laughs> the funny thing about Nigel was he played that pass and like everyone knew he was wrong. He would stay, He was nowhere near that conversation. I just remember seeing him out the corner of my eye just walking further and further away. Yeah. <laughs> he just left us there to die. But. But, but, but that's the thing with football. Like you can't, you can give people ideas. Yeah. But if the idea is not on, you can't then try and shoot them down yeah. for finding a, a better solution. <laughs> Do you remember um, the things you used to say at halftime in a game if something wasn't working out? He said, okay, he'd pull out his whiteboard and say, right, you play the ball here, you play the ball here, you play the ball here. Get down there, cross it back and tap in and it's a goal. You said that yeah. every halftime. <laughs> Did it, I think it worked one time out of 100 games or something. We used to say it's simple. Look at you like you're an idiot if you couldn't do it. That's the thing, though, Chief. People, like, he did well, obviously, winning the title. But I think with the team he had then, at that present time, playing the way they're playing, yeah, I think there's a few other managers that would have won that title also. Mm. That's, that's, that's my personal opinion. No, I, I get that. I do get that because, like, you, you, we have to give him credit because the club won the league title based on the style of play that he brought to the club in that moment and that mentality but that was also a very special group of players who it's at times team. you know what I mean like you said you had a relationship with Mancini but like that's a rarity because for most people it's just you came in you worked you disappeared and he wouldn't really give you anything you know what I mean yeah but it's because I do I just took him as a, as a like a pinch of salt I couldn't really yeah. by the time he came up like unless it was helping me and the team, he could say whatever he wants negative to me. Like, yeah. I just brush it off, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, I'll be honest, for me, that wasn't the case. I was still quite young at the time, and he literally lived in my head for at least a month, two months. Couldn't figure him out. Like, that's one thing with him which I never got. Overall, was, like, closure, whether I was playing, not playing, why am I playing for the reserves when no one else is playing for the reserves, all this stuff. Like, it was hard because I can, you know, you can react to honesty, but when you don't know what's going on and then someone's not going to tell you, like, I, did, I never knew what I was supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I, when, when I bumped into situations like that, I just looked at it like this. It's best me in my head not try to figure him out. Yeah. Let me just do what I got to do because yeah. you, you you naturally get lost in it. Like, yeah. what's he thinking? I did, and yeah. it's always going to play on your mind. Yeah, I did 100%. And from... After, from after I left City, like, I didn't think about things that way ever again, you know, but yeah. in that moment, like, because it was new to me, I'd been at City my whole career and, like, all of a sudden things were taken and turned in a direction which I never expected, you know, I didn't know how to deal with it. But anyway, you, uh, why did you choose to go to QPR then? And you know what, um, it was a new challenge. Um, at the at the time I decided to go, um, there was a few good players going there, mm-hmm. and and I, to be fair, I really wanted to help QPR stay up and regain that for about the club where they they are a Premier League club sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, but as you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but anyway, so you went so you went in August, I think, and then I followed you yeah. in January. And I'll be I'll be completely honest. This is to the QPR people out there and whatever. Northerners will get this. As a guy from Manchester, firstly, I didn't want to leave because City was my team. Secondly, I didn't want to leave because Manchester was my city. And if you're from the north and you don't really travel around, like you don't really see the south as being like a positive thing. Like I had no desire to leave for London. I used to think the traffic, the people so moody, all this stuff. But, you know, my issue was there were certain people at City who made it abundantly clear 
that they did not want me to be at the club anymore. So, you know, I, I left. And, you know, by the time I left, I realized that by the time I left QPR, I'd learned that like London's one of the best cities, not just in the UK, but in the world, you know, and it was a it was a great experience from that standpoint. But obviously the QPR roller coaster was quite a ride, as we both know. And I, you know, I won't ask you about staying up on the last day of the season, because if you're anything like me, like, let's be very, very clear. I think I've been asked more times about that than people have asked for my name. So I'm not going to get yeah, into that. Yeah, I know. But what I will ask is, you know, after the heroics of that year, what do you reckon went wrong the year after? Um, I wouldn't say it went wrong. I would more say it was going that route um, from the moment they signed, I would say, even me. Because the way I see it is it's all good and well having money. Mm-hmm. But what sort of team was you trying to build? Like, we, we never had no identity. It was almost like he just bought players from big clubs and just said, hey, I'll do this. You, you, we had Warnock at one time, and um, it was like my my debut game. Like, Jay Boothroyd's up front. Warnock's walking around the dressing room with the match tack cards, <laughs> and it's got people's ratings on it, <laughs> right? So... <laughs> and... Um, He's walking around and he's laughing at people with like three and two stars and he's gone like, ha, 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 I got four. And he goes to Jay Booth, right? Oh, you need to step your game up. You've only got two stars. I've got more than you. <laughs> I'm like, we're going into a Premier League game here. Yeah. That you, you, you know what I mean? You're meant to be fueling your players with confidence. Yeah. But like from then, like just little things that I was seeing and I was thinking, this is so far Yeah. from prof- a professional outfit. Yeah. And then, like to, to be fair, like it was a different manager when in that second year it was Mark Hughes. But even still, like yeah. the mi- the mix wasn't right. You know what I mean? Like the identity thing yeah. was one whereby, when things are going well, everything's great. But when things go badly, you have a whole mix of ideas of someone thinking this is the way to do it, that's the way to do it. And for some people, it, they've come off like Champions League wins. But from other people, they've come through League Two, League One, and they know when things don't go well, you just you step up and you fight. It's not about playing yeah. football anymore. You know what I mean? So to have both, and, and that's basically what I was saying. By they just full players and just went plunk. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't quite work. Anyway, let's just um, let's just let's just put it there. So, in the time you spent there, then do you think the club got to see the best of you again, or not really? Um, I wouldn't say they got to see the best of me, but um, there was stages in it mm-hmm. where I I did play well. Um, couldn't score. Like they always either hit the post or the keeper saved it. Um, it just, it just really, it wouldn't go in until. Funny enough, we played Chelsea and I managed to put oh, one yeah. in the bottom corner. But yeah, yeah. Other than that, everything else I tried, it as in results in front of the goal, just wasn't happening. Was that the one um, 0 at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, correct. And you're gonna tell me you didn't celebrate? Yeah, I didn't celebrate. Nah. <laughs> yeah, Sean didn't celebrate. Yeah, Sure didn't celebrate, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, Paul. What would you say your uh, best moments were then at the club? And you can't say the last day of the season. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah, you see? I think no. I'm going to give you a layup. You're crazy. Um, do you know what? It was... I, would, I think I would have to say it was my, one of my first games against Newcastle. Just... Um, just the way the game went, it was just exciting. It was end to end, and it was just it just reminded me a little bit of old school yeah. like football, where it wasn't so tactically like some teams sitting back. We just both teams just went for it, and and it's always an enjoyable game. It's always hard, like on the stamina side and stuff like that. But in general, it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. So, why did you decide to leave it? Um, because Harry made it pretty clear <laughs> that he just wasn't going to play me for whatever reason, which I never, ever found out. Okay. Um, so that it was time for a new chapter, basically. And so why did you choose to go to America then and go to the Red Bulls? Well, that kind of chose me. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> look at you thinking like that. Okay. Now, I went over, I went over to um, Brad's wedding uh-huh. um, and our season was off. So in between it, uh, me and one of my pals went to watch Red Bulls in Houston mm-hmm. play. 
And on the way, on our flight back, we just booked it because it was last minute. But on the flight back, we was on the same flight as the team. Okay. And then afterwards, um, he basically, I was just speaking to Jesse on the way down, just having like a chat. And then he said, um, would you come in? So I said to do what he said to train. I said, yeah, of course, it'll be cool to keep fit. Mm-hmm. So then when I come back, because I thought I was coming back, when I come back to England, I, I'm ready to go, basically. Yeah. And then um, one thing led to another. Within five days, he said, would you sign? He said, like, we don't have much of a budget. And I said, well, to be honest, I wasn't planning on coming anyway. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as long as, I just basically said, as long as um, I get my green card in there, I'm good and let's get on with it. Okay. And then I just never came back to England for a year. Yeah, okay. And then it just then it just kind of went from there. So what was it like then being Sean Wright Phillips in the land that has Bradley Wright Phillips as one of its icons? It was amazing. <laughs> Stress free, like, yeah. To be, yeah, it was, it was brilliant, to be honest with you. Um, it was nice to be around my brother and playing with my brother when he's doing so well. Yeah. Because in, in a sense, in some places, it's always been the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So to to be with him and while he's doing well and see his success, it it was like it, it was real. Like yeah, yeah, for sure. And what would you say the biggest differences are or were between the MLS and the Premier League from your time there? They just run. <laughs> no, that's your team. That's Red Bulls. No, no. Everyone I played against, they just want to run. <laughs> Like they, they don't, <laughs> they just go. Like there's been games where I'm running, someone's trying to run past me. I know I can catch him, but I'm in my head, I'm like, and one of them came out loud as well. I said, is there any danger of you just slowing down? You don't need to keep running. <laughs> and he just looked at me and laughed. But even, even Red Bulls training, Chief, I've never trained so hard. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the day before the game. Yeah. In that heat, like it was so intense and he said to me what's the training like i said it's like pre-season every day (laughs) (laughs) so do you think you're a success in the usa then because obviously you spent time at phoenix as well i didn't really look at it like that for me i didn't even think about the success i just enjoyed like the whole moment of it Mm -hmm. to be honest with you getting to play and be with my brother i was more fascinated with that rather than what I was going to do. Okay, okay. And so, like I, I mentioned that you played for Phoenix there. Firstly, they're in the um, USL uh, final. USL, that. Yeah. What, what are the biggest differences then, do you think, between the MLS and the USL? I would say that defending is a massive one. I think um, tactically in the USL, they're not really really there they're, they're quite far off of the MLS yeah um, it's definitely a bunch of athletes and you get some very good individual talents but you never really really come up against a team that is just good yeah yeah I know what you're saying it's probably why certain teams always seem to get towards the later stages and stuff like that because they're just they're just better you know what I mean yeah um, why did you stop then was it by choice or was it was it by force? Um, I had to have another knee injury. I had another knee operation. Yeah, over there, and I did my rehab. But by the time I had finished my rehab, because I was out of contract, um, there was no. They had signed players already. Okay. Because they didn't know whether I was going to come back fine, and as as well as they were trying to look for younger. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm getting old and stuff. <laughs> getting and then old. You've I been said, old. You know what? <laughs> And then I just got to the point where I just had enough of moving, G. Yeah. Like, literally, it's not like we just drive two hours down the road. It's like, I have to think about getting my stuff on a plane yeah. and my car somewhere yeah. else. So I was like, do you know what? Maybe it's it's that time now. Okay. And do you I miss it at all? It. I actually don't, you know. Really? I, I miss, I miss, I should say I miss parts of it like going into training every morning and the banner and having a laugh with the boys and some of the training session. But um, all the traveling in between and never being at home and for me, missing my kids' birthdays and mm-hmm. Christmas, not really getting to spend Christmas. After 18, 19 years, I just thought it was just the right time. Yeah. 
Do you know, it's crazy. I, I can't, you obviously retired now and I still can't believe that you're nearly 40 years old. Honestly, it blows my mind, especially given the fact that when I first knew you, you were like an academy icon, that you were just making that step up into the first team. Yeah. But speaking of which, you're talking about the academy. How old's, uh, how old's your son? How's your oldest son? He's 19 now. 19. Just turned 19. Okay. Yeah. So let me just, <laughs> let me just break this down. Okay. And he, so he's at City's Academy, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So he's 19. I'm friends and teammates with you and your child is playing the game that I'm playing now. So I've got to really start to wonder to myself here, how long have I realistically got left in the game when like my teammates have had kids and now I'm playing with the kids of my teammates? Like the same thing <laughs> happened to like seeing um, Claudio Reyna's son playing for Dortmund. I think to myself, yeah. but I was playing with Claudio around the time when his son would have been born. So yeah. I would have probably seen Claudio's son at the training ground and stuff like this. But like, the kid couldn't even walk, but we're playing the same <laughs> game now. Yeah. Time goes quick in the game. Oh my God. L listen, one thing I know is I've not got long left in this. I can't, I can't be playing. I can't be playing the game where my friend's son's playing now. But... Anyway, 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 I was going to um, ask you if you were still producing music, but because you're not in the USA, I guess that means you're not anymore. No, I still, I'd still produce, but just because I don't have no equipment with me. Okay. And so we're in the, in the minute, at the minute, we're um, hoping if this lockdown stays away, we're trying to set up cypher challenges. Okay. So we're creating a YouTube channel, which is basically going to have only our beats on it. Okay that people will obviously do ciphers on. Are you going to give yourself a shout out so people know what to look out for or are you just going to hope that they can find it just by some sort of, sort of miracle? <laughs> you, know, you know me too well, innit? Yeah, come on, speak <laughs> up. Um, at the minute, it's Turnham Music because Turnham is where I grew up. Mm -hmm. So we just changed a few words and like we called it Turnham Music. Okay, I thought I thought you were from Broccoli though. Yeah, that is on Turnham Road. Ah, uh, okay, okay. okay uh, don't okay. try and get all smart with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> and to be fair, I need to give you some thanks as well because from way back when, I think it must be when I was 16, maybe 17, like you introduced me to say that's London music scene with the garage, the grime and all that. And I like, I still get so much energy from that sound now. But as well as that, I remember you gave me, um, you gave me a set of your turntables. And at the time, when I was yeah. 16, 17, I, I didn't really under, understand, like, what you were giving me. But, you know, I started, like, DJing and stuff from there. But as a 16, 17-year-old on 80 pounds a week, and then all of a sudden you realise these turntables cost a thousand pounds. Listen, <laughs> I, I got to say thank you, because you put me about three years ahead of schedule, because there was no way I was affording those. <laughs> but anyways, you know, that's, that's one of the beauties, I think, of you. Like, it's a common theme as I think you always looked out for people like myself and other academy, um, academy graduates that came through. And it was so important because the sport at the time was one whereby realistically, as you come through as a young player, you're almost there to be bullied for X amount of years. But yeah. you know, people like yourself and Sylvans and Donnies and Anelkas and stuff who I've mentioned before, you know, you completely change the experience for so, so many of us. And I think that's probably a big reason why so many people still look up to you to this day, even though you're really small. People still look up to you. You know what I mean. Well, I'm tall. I'm tall in my head, in you, my own head. Listen, you're tall. You're tall in spirit. That's why people yeah, look that's up all to that you. Matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. But I've just I've got four more questions to finish here. If that's all right. Yeah. All right. So the first one, then. What is your favorite career moment? Um, I think I'd have to say my favorite career moment is the. Um, the first time I ran on a pitch with the um, England jersey on Who against, against Ukraine. Ukraine. It against you, yeah. It was. I would say, in a way, it wasn't a stamp, but it was the point that made me know that I'm amongst some of the best sort of thing, a talent at that present time. Mm -hmm, for sure. Who would you say your favorite teammates have been? Not necessarily the best players, but your favorite teammates. Um, I'd have to say, especially when I left Chelsea at the time, I'd have to say Wayne when at Wayne Bridge. Yeah. Because he was key when I went to Chelsea, and obviously we was pretty close when I 
when he came to City mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, shout out to Wayne, to be fair. That's a good guy. And now here's a, here's one for you. This is like a, a layered question. You have to pick a five-a-side team of players you've played with. Who's in it? Joe Hart in goal. Yep. He's, he gets quite a few um, quite a few votes as this guy. People say do, he's watching. Do I have to be in it? No, no you're not in it. You're not, you're not right, getting right, picked. You, you're mad. All right, perfect. Um, so then in that case, I'm going to put Nicholas Anelka up front. Mm-hmm. David Silva has to get in there. Has to. Uh, you know what? And Yaya Torre. Okay. And then Vincent Company. Okay, so you're going fully city, yeah? Yeah. All right, cool. Forget Robbins, forget Drogba's, forget Lampard's. Yeah. This right. is that's my fighter side team. All right, I respect it. So then, who would you, who would the coach be for that team? That you've been coached by who's your favorite? Mourinho. And which stadium would you theoretically like to play the game in? Which one's your favorite? Oh, that's the Anfield. Anfield. What? Yeah. Where's that come from? Because it's intense. It's intense. I like the the crowd. They give abuse. They like <laughs> that's, abuse. that's what you're like, into. I like all that stuff. That's what you're into. Yeah, abuse. I, like, I don't mind it. Yeah, it just spurred me on. It just made me think. All right, I'm going to shut you up. <laughs> okay, okay. But anyway, then to finish, I'd like to say, you know, you've had a hell of a career, and you walked away as an England international and a Man City legend. And you know, let's be very, very clear. It's not bad considering that somebody once said you were too small. Huh? So hold your head high, little man. Uh, always. It's an achievement to make people go quiet, isn't it, really? Listen, there are a lot of silent people right now. Let's just say that. But I appreciate it, man. Thanks very much for coming on. No problem. Wicked show. Yeah, man. Great to speak to you, bro. Take it easy. Love, bro. Yeah, Bye. Get back to work. Bye. Bye. <laughs> So there you go, Mr. Sean Wright Phillips. I still can't believe how old he is, but hey, what a guy. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. And since you've made it this far, I want you to know that you're the best. So thanks for listening. And thank you to our producer, Mr. Ryan Hale. Thank you to Mountaineer Studios Draper, Utah. And lastly, be sure to tune in next week because it's going to be a very special one. Bye for now.